This episode of The Minimalist is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, simpletons. <laughs> Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are the Minimalists. One of our favorite people on earth is here today. Yes. Rich Roll is in the studio. Rich, thank you for being yeah, here, man. brother. Great to be here, man. Thanks for having me. <clears throat> we call our, our audience simpletons because we're all a little bit foolish and, and, and gullible. So Ryan and I are the <laughs> Speak head. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're the head simpletons. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> we, we are actually the simpletons. We right. just dressed it up by calling ourselves yeah. the minimalists. That was actually my idea for the website before we came up with the minimalists. <laughs> simpletons. The simpletons.com. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if someone has that. I prefer teachable. <laughs> <laughs> He's too kind. Uh, Rich is our returning champion. I think this is your fourth or fifth time on the podcast. Been here a few times. Yeah, really, really grateful. Uh, today, uh, well, the world is ever-changing and is changing so fast that it's often hard to find balance, contentment, or tranquility. So we're going to talk about some different stuff that we would usually talk to you about, although I'm sure we'll circle around many of the things that we've at least touched upon in the past. Uh, today, we're going to theorize on what our new normal will look like after this storm. And we're going to do that with, uh, with just some questions that we have from our audience. Uh, I wanted to call this a new abnormal because I don't think we're going to go back to a, a an exact replica of where we were six months ago. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't like the term new normal. Yeah, I would mm. like to dispense with the word normal altogether. Right. I think it's you know I I like to look at it through the lens of opportunity. Mm. Like this is an opportunity to change and to reimagine broken systems and mm -hmm. to you know really. Um, get granular on what works and what doesn't in our own personal lives and you know politically socially everything like let's not let this moment pass without seizing it to do just that exactly yeah and so that. when i say abnormal actually i got the title from the new strokes album is called the new abnormal uh -huh. and and abnormal can be a very good thing like ryan's in my life is a bit weird compared to the status quo. Your life is weird compared to the status quo, but you've also been through that status quo, right? I have, yeah. But it's it, it's also weird how you acclimate to your status quo. Like I lose sight of the fact that my status quo is so distinct and different from the average person's daily life. Mm. Like you just, you our ability to to normalize everything around us and then to think that that's how everyone is operating. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you like the way that you guys live is in contradiction to, you know, some paradigms around culture, but for you it's just normal, right? Right. right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and so um with you, your abnormal also has a lot to do with with performance. How how has how has your view? I mean, your daily life probably hasn't changed that much since the since the pandemic, mm. but some things have changed. We were talking before we started recording here. There's some inconveniences that have entered into our our daily lives. But have you noticed some significant changes in your own life? 
Yeah, I mean, first of all, like my life is remarkably unchanged. Like we were talking before the podcast, like I, you know, I still can do my podcast. Yes, you know, some of those episodes have to be on Zoom now, and we all have opinions about that. Um, but I'm an introvert by nature. I work from home. Uh, I podcast from home. I just like to go out on trails and run by myself and ride my bike. And I can do all of those things throughout all of this. So my day-to-day is remarkably unchanged versus you know that of, uh, of a lot of people. And I'm incredibly grateful that I can still pursue my living and you know support my family in doing that. But there's been, of course, there's lots of changes. I mean, there's been really positive aspects of it. Like all our kids are home. Um, I have two older boys who are 25 and 23 and they were living in Echo Park. They're musicians, you know, doing the music thing. So and cool. they let go of their apartment and move back home. Oh, wow. Which has been really great to have them around. Uh-huh. And our two daughters, you know, I have a, a my, my eldest daughter who's 16 um, was going to a high school in downtown. And that really kind of split our family up because it's so far from our house. We had to rent an apartment in downtown LA. And, you know, my wife and I would take turns staying down there with her. That's disruptive um, in a different yeah, way. Yeah, it was incredibly challenging. Um, but look, you know, a lot of what I do is about like, you know, pursue your heart and, <laughs> you know, and, 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 uh, you know, try to, try to, uh, breathe life into that, which gets you excited in the morning and going to art school was that for my daughter. So I'm nothing if I can't support that in her. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that was challenging. And so now she's, everybody's at home. And so it's really brought our family together it's had challenges. It's really hard for my 16 year old daughter, like for her to be cut off from her social circles and, and have to do school on zoom, especially when you're in art school and she wants to be in the dark room and she wants to be painting and doing studio time. She can't do any of those things. Mm -hmm. You can't see your friends really, really super rough. Um, so the challenges have been really in the parenting as much as anything else. Um, but everything else with respect to kind of my day in, day out is is kind of copacetic. Yeah. I wonder uh, about us being in high school, Josh, like how we would have reacted to high school being canceled. I think we would have been so happy. I know, right? If, if we, especially like <laughs> I, I do feel a little bad for people who are graduating in 2020 who mm-hmm. really wanted the pomp and circumstance. Like I almost didn't go to our graduation even right. because like my mom was like, yeah, you should probably go. Yeah. And so I did. But yeah, it wouldn't have mattered much to me, but I do see some new potential. I think Richie kind of alluded to this a moment ago. Like now's the time to start questioning everything, and and I think that's always true. But especially now, maybe this gives us the space to start questioning everything. So whether it's budgeting or stuff or simplifying our our house, what what is essential? Um, it's asking these questions because what we're really asking is, how do I want to move forward? Do I want to move forward, acting and behaving? how I did in the past? Was that working for me? And what you're learning through this actually is yes, what you were doing was working really well for you by and large. And Ryan and I have learned that as well. But I think what a lot of people are, are beginning to learn is like, oh no, maybe maybe the way I was behaving with my, my budget or with, uh, w- with the way I was allocating my time at work or with my relationships, maybe I need to start questioning those things. Yeah, I think that a close cousin of minimalism is essentialism. You know, in the Venn diagram, those mm-hmm. two things overlap oh, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, considerably. And in this moment of forced repose, we're all being compelled to look in the mirror and take stock and inventory of those things that are working and those things that are not. Mm-hmm. And with that is this conversation around essentialism. What is essential? And we have an opportunity to shed and let go of those things that aren't working 
because we're forced to stop, everything in this arrested state is now under review, mm. right? And that's cool. Yeah. Because we can really understand that those things that we thought were so important now that we don't have, we've learned to live without. And and I think it's it's inherent in all of us to start going, well, did I really need that thing that I thought that I did? I've gone without it for this amount of time. So maybe I can let that go. And I think that that's what the new abnormal is all about, right? Mm-hmm. When we begin to, you know, step back into the world, we're already seeing that to some extent, but you know, what do we want that to look like? And I think really seizing this moment to get clarity on that mm-hmm. is is the huge opportunity I don't want anybody to miss. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the worst thing that could happen is if everything just went back to normal after all this. That would be a tragedy. Yeah, yeah, it would. Well, we got some questions here today. Let's start with Kristen in Long Beach, California. I've been told that uh, vision boards really help when it comes to um, manifesting the things that you really want and goal setting, bringing it into the physical. Uh, the challenge is I feel like every time I look at them, they look cluttered to me, and I really don't want to have to cut through a million magazines. Um, and also I feel like Pinterest is kind of a dark hole, uh, like a rabbit hole. So what is it that you recommend for putting something up in your physical space that's neat and focused and also allows for the positive energy to come through and be open to maybe the universe delivering something positive and even better than um, what it is that I'm focused on manifesting. So, Rich, obviously, Ryan and I can talk about what we do, but I'm really interested in what you do in terms of uh, prioritizing the things that you want to do, whether you call it a vision or a vision board or or just tasks that you want yeah. to complete. Mm. Yeah, how do you stay focused? I think that's what she's really yeah. asking, right? Well, I think... A vision board is a great idea, but it's meaningless unless you have clarity about what it is that you're actually trying to actualize in your life, right? Mm-hmm. You can put up tons of pictures that inspire you in different ways, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's mm-hmm. a cool thing to do. But if you're not actually clear within yourself about that very thing that you're trying to accomplish, I don't know how meaningful or valuable that is. And yeah. you know, I've been doing this my whole life, beginning back when I was like 14, 15 years old as a swimmer, I used to put my goal, I used to write my goal time in like huge block letters and I put it on my mirror in my bathroom and above my bed on like a cork board. So I w- it would be the first thing that I would see when I would wake up in the morning and the last thing that I would see before I went to bed at night. And I think, you know, what that reinforces is, is you know, this is the thing that I'm working towards. I, I wanna be able to swim this fast this time. And the more you see it and the more it's reinforced in your psyche, um, the more you begin to believe in the possibility of actualizing that. So I think just a few items that really represent or symbolize that thing that you're trying to manifest mm-hmm. are, are important to have them kind of in your sphere of you know, vision uh, at important times throughout the day is, is like a really important thing to do. And uh, you know, what I do now, I mean, I'm pretty clear on what I need and I'm a very self-motivated person, so I don't need to cut out pictures from magazines to remind me of that. Um, but you know, I keep I keep lists on my you know by next to my on my desk of these are the things that I need to do today, mm. Um, mm. and I kind of wake up and go to sleep you know aware of 
of what it is that I'm trying to do. Now it's just, it's natural for me, so I don't need those cues, but I think a lot of people do, and I think it's a good practice to build that into your life. Yeah, yeah you, but, you've established the habit in, in a way so that you, the the vision board is effectively irrelevant to you, but it might be a great way for someone to establish the habit. Now, Ryan, I like the idea of uh, kind of what, what Rich is alluding to here, the having a vision board, but with one thing on it. <laughs> right, that's I, a very minimalist vision board. <laughs> and it's kind of what Ryan and I do in a, in a way, we as the minimalists, we tend to work on one major project a year. Like we're trying to finish up this documentary, which is supposed to be done about three and a half years ago. Um, And, and so it's been postponed. So we're actually working on our vision board right now has two things on it. It's that documentary and our our next book, which Mm -hmm. is done. And we're just going through new drafts now, but everything else we do tends to serve these main projects, these, these vision, you know, these things that we have a vision of, of completing. Uh, and if it doesn't serve that, we have to get good at, at saying no. Now, Rich, you're very good at saying no to things. I don't know about that. I, I think, I mean, uh, actually later on, I, I have, I have a cue. <laughs> you just I wa- said no to that. <laughs> See? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's some sort of uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu with no. That was good. That was good. Oh, man. You know, you know what I hear you saying, Rich, which I think is brilliant? You're saying first, like, get clear on what you want. Second, find a way to remind yourself of that thing that you want. Mm-hmm. And then the third part, which is the most important part, even with a vision board, you got to take action. Yeah. Like, without the action, none of that's going to happen. Yeah. So, But I'll tell you, when Kristen asked her question, I caught something in there where she said, you know, I want to do a vision board, but I don't want to take the time to do the vision board. Yeah. And uh, I would urge Kristen, if she really thinks a vision board is going to add value to her life, like take the action and do it. Like you got to take action with something. Well, there's goals, there's strategies, and there's tactics. Mm -hmm. So you have the big goal. Like I want to complete this documentary Mm -hmm. or I want this documentary to be a success. Then there's the strategy, which is all the things that need to happen in order to serve that goal. Mm -hmm. And the tactics are the things that you need to do every day. So bifurcating those and then breaking it down into the daily things that need to be accomplished every day that serve that goal, I think is the, you know, kind of the systemic, systematic way of of doing that. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I I agree. And uh, to echo your sort of to-do list. I, don't, I also don't have a to-do list because uh, I find I'm, I'm very OCD. And if I have a to-do list, I will put things on it just so I can cross them off. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's something like, uh, and so I'm making these false accomplishments. Or writing down <laughs> the to-do list uh, deludes you into thinking that you've actually done something. Right. Yeah. As, as the, the first thing on your to-do list is write a to-do list. <laughs> right. So actually, I have two lists, and they're both on my Apple Notes, so it's on my computer or on my phone. I have a today list. And so things that, you know, what are the most important things that I need to accomplish today? And then I have a someday list, right? Not And quite often, those are things that I know I'm not going to do tomorrow or immediately, but they're, they're, it's a, a vision board of sorts where it's like, it's an idea, I, it's an idea catcher in a way where I'm like, okay, that might be something I want to work on. And I, I revisit that someday list all the time. And I'm quite often just going in there and deleting things. I'm like, I'm actually never going to do that. Mm-hmm. Or, wow, that was a really good idea. Maybe I'm going to get back to that now that I have the opportunity to do mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. So um, I tell you what, Kristen, I would love to send you a couple tickets to our tour. We're headed to, well, Los Angeles, which is close enough to Long Beach. Or we could send you to the OC stop if you wanted to uh, go to our Orange County stop as well. We've got a bunch of tour dates coming up. Uh, TheMinimalists.com slash tour. 
We have some special guests, some special musical guests. We're going to do a live podcast and so much more of less. TheMinimalists.com slash tour. But Sean, if you could reach out to Kristen, give her a couple tickets to either one of those events that are coming up in November. And by the way, if we're not coming to a city near you, you can just sign up for our email list if you'd like. And we'll be happy to notify you if we are coming to a city near you. Our next question is from Kara in Minnesota. I had a question about the diet and exercise. I'm just curious if you have an updated version from what you wrote about in your books and um, if you've changed things or if you're still doing the same workouts and eating the same. This is a fascinating topic because it's one that I continue to evolve on based on different health struggles that I've had over the last few years. Um, but Rich, I'd rather talk to you about about this because you we did a whole episode with you about food and you talked about how you were sort of overweight and unhealthy and then modified your diet. But I imagine you continue to modify depending on your circumstances. How has this pandemic shined a light on that for you, but also for the people that listen to your podcast? And, and, and are people starting to ask different questions about food right now? I think there's a an enhanced interest in food because everyone's at home right now. So they're not going to restaurants and they're right. not doing takeout. I mean, there's some takeout, of course, but I've noticed for myself that um, I've taken a lot more uh, joy in the preparation of meals at home, especially having the kids around. We make a big event out of it. And that's been really great. And I've noticed the impact in how it makes me feel to eat home-cooked food that's infused with love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a busy guy and I'm not like my, we have all these cookbooks, but my wife is the cook, right? right. Like when she's downtown with Mathis, my, our daughter, and I'm at home, I'm getting veggie burritos at Chipotle like a couple times a week. Like, <laughs> right. you know, I'm not perfect in that regard. I mean, I have been, I've been plant-based for 13 years and I've continued to kind of iterate on that. I've remained plant-based this entire time, mm. um, but I have noticed that the quality of my nutrition and my attention to it has um, has increased since, since we've been sequestered and I've noticed how that makes me feel. And I think that's good. And I think when we're at home, we, we do have the opportunity to be a little bit more mindful about what we're putting in our bodies. And yeah. I think right now, one of the things that gets a little bit lost in this conversation around coronavirus is the importance of maintaining our immune response. And that mm. is directly tied to diet and exercise. Yeah. Like yeah. we have got to be taking care of ourselves right now so that in the event that we come into contact with the virus, we're in the best, you know, position we can possibly be to, to combat that. Yeah, so so your diet probably hasn't changed. You're still plant-based, uh, but your exercise routine, has that changed at all? I've definitely been training more now okay. that I'm at home because my schedule has freed up. Like I'm not, you know, driving into Hollywood to do podcasts with the minimalists all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I have, I have, um, I have definitely dialed things up with, with my training. And then what I find is when I'm engaged in, my training, and I say training as um, distinct from exercising, because I think there's a difference. Like you can mm -hmm. go out and exercise. Training for me means very means being very intentional about what I'm doing. Every mm -hmm. workout that I have has a purpose, and that purpose is directed at a goal. And the more um, intentional I am about that training and the kind of mindfulness that I bring to why I'm doing what I'm doing on a daily basis, 
that in turn makes me more invested in my nutrition. So yeah. as I start to get fitter and feel better in my body, then I want to eat the right foods yeah. and I'm less likely to crash on the couch and just, you know, plow my plow my head into a bag of chips or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. I'm I'm curious so Mariah and I, uh my wife and I, we have recently been ordering like meat uh for, i know you don't eat meat sorry i even said that but we've been ordering our meat from like a very well <laughs> he does this every meat. time I know, on the podcast. I, know, I know but we I also like do to make people very uncomfortable i know but we also do well it's funny because we were in san francisco the first time he was with us and i was like recommending this really well sourced meat and rick wow. was like what are you doing or rich was like what are you doing man anyway rich i'm sorry uh but with our veggies we do the same thing and i'm uh -huh. curious uh how do you get your veggies like are you going to the grocery store on a regular basis or like do you do any type of delivery service uh, no delivery service. I mean, yeah. we live close to an Erwan, and oh, yeah, so we yeah. end up spending a lot of money on food to get organic food. Yeah. Um, one thing I have started doing, though, which is really fun, everyone's talking about like making sourdough bread right now you yeah. know, at home. But It's like in vogue. Um, I've started sprouting. <laughs> I had my friend Doug Evans on the podcast who just wrote this book called The Sprout Book. Okay. And it's all like about- what, mung beans or what? Any kind of, it's, it's crazy. Like I thought I knew about, like when you think about sprouts, you just think about those little plastic containers when you go to the grocery store and they're crazy expensive for these little garnishes that you put on yeah. your salad or right. your mm, sandwich. Yeah. Um, but actually you can make them at home for like pennies. Mm. And it only takes a couple days in these jars. You just like kind of rinse these seeds and they grow like miraculously over two oh, to three dude. days. And they're unbelievably nutritious. Mm -hmm. And you could just eat them. Like, it's weird. You just eat, like, handfuls of them. But they're yeah. actually really filling. Really? And I've noticed how much better I feel. And it's just, like, a fun little project. Because yeah. I've had aspirations of, you know, creating a garden at home. And if there's anybody who should be growing their own food, it's me. We have all this land. and But we're busy. And I just – we've taken a couple stabs at it. and never works. And, like, I just get distracted. But this is like a really simple, easy thing to do. I love it. That allows you to kind of make your own food for like no money at all and uh, and and really take care of yourself. I'm going to look into this because I've heard of sprouting and how good it is for you. And I, Mariah and I love like doing little projects mm -hmm. where we grow stuff at home. But uh, you up. yeah, awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, Rhonda Patrick has a good episode on of her podcast, Found My Fitness, about, about I think, broccoli sprouts in particular, but a lot of sprouting. Yeah, there's and a big juice. one. Yeah, okay. But you can do all kinds of them. Like we, we've done mung beans at, mung at our beans. house before, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, well, actually, Sean, if you can find that, put a link to that in the show notes, the the Rhonda Patrick episode. But she she really goes into the details of all all the uh, the science and the data behind that. Rich, I listen to the one I just did with Doug Evans on oh. my show too, where he goes into all that as well. So. Oh, that's great! Even better. Let's uh, let's put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, the Rich Roll Podcast, aptly named. <laughs> um, Rich, I, I I find that I agree with what you what you're saying here. Is I've had. It's not that I've had more time. I still have 24 hours in a day. Um, but I have had more focus on, I, I wouldn't call it training. I'm not training for anything in particular. But just my overall health. So diet and exercise in particular. The diet thing, it's not appreciably different for me either. But we are doing almost everything at home at this point. And what I'm finding there is I feel better because... They're not sneaking ingredients in. Like I can go to a restaurant and get a supposedly healthy meal, but all of a sudden it has you know, refined oils in it as opposed to olive oil. <laughs> Here's some MSG sprinkles. Right. right. <laughs> you have no idea what's actually in yeah. that food. Right. Yeah. Right. But at home, I, we actually know what what you know. It, it's we are using olive oil and not the you know, canola oil or, or or whatever it might be. And same with with exercise. Um, I have found myself. Uh, 
Well, I've found myself on the Peloton a lot more. Yeah. I fell off the Peloton a few weeks ago. It was a very sad day. <laughs> Dude, all right, quick story. I have no balance. Josh and I, we were in Hawaii, like back when we were in the corporate world. We had won like a trip for being, you know, the best. President's club. Yeah, best salesman or whatever. So we go to the, the top of this. Uh, it's in Maui. We go to the top of this volcano, uh, Mount Haleakala. Haleakala. Yeah. And we do the bike ride. The sun. Yeah. We do the sunrise and then we do the bike ride down. And it's funny because there's like a long line of us with bikes. And the instructor, he was like, Josh was like, I, I don't know. I'm kind of uncomfortable with the bike. I, no, I said, I specifically said, I don't really know how to ride a bike. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, what? He's like, well, he's like, well, you know, if you're too bad, I'll just put you in the front of the pack. He's like, but I've never had to put a man in the front of a pack. We were riding for incredibly 10. Incredibly sexist. Yeah, incredibly sexist. Yeah. We were riding for like 10 minutes. And he was—he stopped the whole line. And he was like, "Josh, I'm going to need you to go ahead and uh, come up front." <laughs> I'm looking at him die. On that. I know. Man. Yeah. Um, anyway, I found myself like uh, just exercising a lot more, being a lot more intentional every day. Like this morning, I got up and, and lifted some weights. Thankfully, I I, or I I bought some weights a few months before this whole thing hit. Apparently, they're really hard to get now. Um, but uh, actually, I want to talk to you about your your daily routine here in a bit. Actually, let's do that on the since we're running out of time here. We'll do that on the maximal. Uh, but Kara, I want to give you um, a free ebook. It's called 16 Rules for Living with Less. I think you'll enjoy that. You can find it over at theminimalists.com slash rulebook. Well, anyone can find it over there as well. Thanks for your question. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer your text messages. Text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts literally go to both of our phones. Um and we personally answer as many of them as we can, especially during this whole quarantine. We've answered almost every single one of them. Uh, Rich, during the lightning round, you, you know this. Uh, this is where we try to answer a question with, with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. Mm. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> we just monitor on a bit because uh, Sean will tweeze out something and make it beautiful. He puts it in the show notes. People can copy and share our answers on social media if they like. You can find all of our Minimal Maxims in one place, by the way, minimalmaxims.com. Ryan, Sean's got a question for us. Not this Sean, but a, uh, a Sean <laughs> an, with his name spelled an, incorrectly. Yes, an S-E-A-N, Sean. How do you find the strength to keep pushing when it all starts breaking down? So, Rich, I, I was thinking about this because there's a, a part in our new book, Love People Use Things, called Rebuilding After a Breakdown. In fact, the, the couple paragraphs before that is from a different section called the theology of pain and it kind of talks about suffering and getting to solutions so my pithy answer is actually from from that book it's sometimes it takes a breakdown to experience a breakthrough i think we all recognize this you certainly recognize mm -hmm. this in your own life you were at a point where you around age 40 i believe it was right we're not happy with with your current existence i've had a couple of those okay yeah go ahead well no tell me well, I had a listen. You know, I had a. Uh, I've had. I've had a couple like moments of reckoning. They they tend to come. They they tend to come at decade intervals in my life. But the first was, um, you know, I met my maker with drugs and alcohol, and it destroyed my life. And I had a moment of clarity and made some changes and got sober. And that was. 22 years ago and a handful of days actually that that happened. Um, and then, yeah, inching up on 40, 50 pounds overweight, workaholic, just, you know, had a health scare and realized once again that although I'd been on a, on a spiritual path since I got sober, that there was still a lot of work to be done. And that's when I um, rearranged my relationship with food and fitness and kind of reinvented myself once again. Uh, 
And I think, you know, to answer your question, you know, these moments of, of breakdown and destruction, it goes back to opportunity, the way that we opened up this podcast. These are opportunities. Mm. So we can, we can dwell in the misery of, you know, our lives getting stripped away, or we can recognize that this is happening for us rather than to us and to you know seize onto it in order to make these changes that you know are, are we're being called to make like if your life isn't functioning and you're finding yourself in a in a state of despair there's a reason for that mm-hmm. so what can we what can we mine from that experience to grow and i think we have a tendency to evaluate our circumstances from a very myopic, immediate point of view. Like, this is bad, this is happening. You know, this is happening to me right now and it's not fair and it sucks. Mm. And that may be true, but we have to telescope out and understand that life may be short, but it's also kind of long. And um, what may suck in the moment may be the greatest gift you've ever been given. And I know in my own personal experiences that I've been in situations where I thought this is the absolute worst thing that could have ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. And now I look back on those as the greatest gifts I've ever been given. um, And I'm very grateful for them. So my hope and my wish for anybody who is feeling like they're in that place right now is to understand that, you know, the, the power to change your life resides within you. And if you can recognize that and begin to take tiny steps every single day, um, that uh, you will find yourself in a very different position. Yeah. And perhaps you can look back on this experience with gratitude. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. That's not 140 characters, though. Yeah, we, we, Brevity we, is not my strength. We'll put it on Facebook instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Podcast Sean will make it yeah. look really Sean, nice. Sean, Facebook post. that. <laughs> Uh, my pithy answer is this keep tally of how many times you get up not how many times you fall and you know really it's just kind of saying what you're saying is like look at when you get knocked down when you think the world is falling apart look at it as an opportunity to uh, rise above and uh, I know that's what I do it's it's weird like when I have two or three hours nights of sleep and I have to do something that the next day there's like something I can light up inside of me maybe it's just my ADD extrovertedness where I'm like no, Nicodemus, you got this. And it's almost like I can do better than if I had like a 10-hour night's sleep. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, just looking for opportunities to to, to get up and, and, and take some massive action. The thing I've learned over the last two years for me personally is that health matters so much more than we give it credit for. Mm. The Confucius line is that uh, a healthy man wants 10,000 things, a sick man wants but one. And... In the new book, the thing I sort of talk about there is that if you're healthy, you're already living the dream. And that's the thing that I would try to communicate to Sean here is think about that. Everything else, whether it's your possessions, your status, your riches, your validation, it's window dressing. And if you are unhealthy and you're going, if you're suffering through something, this is to Rich's point. Also, the pain is, is temporary. And I think we don't feel that in the moment. In the moment, it feels like the the suffering is going to last forever. Mm-hmm. But of course, on a long enough timeline, everything is ephemeral, right? Everything is temporary. The suffering is useful also. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I also think it's important for people to be patient. Um, I think there's this urgency and this sense of immediacy that our culture expects. Like you're like, oh, you're gonna be the overnight millionaire or you're gonna change your life on a dime. And you know, I'm sure if, 
if someone was to Google your story or my, and I know for a fact with my story, you'll read these articles and it makes it look like you just snapped your fingers and right. changed everything overnight. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. wasn't like that. It's not a linear thing. It's up right. and down. It takes time. And I think people um, overestimate what they can do in six months or a year and wildly underestimate what they can do in, in 10 years. And you know, as the elder statesman here, I'm 53 years old, I can tell you that, uh, that those changes are possible, but they're about those little things that you do every day and being patient and kind to yourself and understanding that you shouldn't be evaluating your progress on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Like, understand that these things, you know, evolve very gradually, yeah. you know? Yeah. All right, before we get into our listener tips and our added value segment today, Ryan, you're really going to like this added value. It is very appropriate for our current times. But before we get to that and before we get to those listener tips and tricks. It looks like we had a bunch more surprise questions this week, like how can someone be a minimalist when there's always the urge to accumulate more gear or tech for hobbies and athletic endeavors? Now, Rich has, well, a bunch of gear. He has a bunch of tech mm -hmm. uh, hobbies and also tech endeavors and, of course, athletic endeavors. He's mm -hmm. uh, probably the most athletic person that we know. Stay tuned to hear all his brand names <laughs> that he wears. <laughs> what watch is that, Rich? Well, I guess you'll have to find out, but only <laughs> later this week. Uh, we're also going to discuss veganism and a plant-based diet that Rich is on. We're going to talk about work-life balance. We're going to talk about OCD and perfectionism. We're going to talk about lifespan versus health span. We're going to talk about Rich's routine. You know, he sleeps outside, and we're going to talk about why and really the benefits of that. We're also going to talk about <laughs> Rich's aggressive email autoresponder. And Ryan, I know that uh, this is something he does that you and I might be able to get some benefit from. Truly inspiring. It really is. All that and a million more questions for Rich Roll. And if you want to hear all that, listen to this week's Maximal episode on the Minimalist Private Podcast. It's a completely separate podcast, and it's just a couple bucks. And it's the most honest way for the minimalist to earn an income because, as you know, we don't believe in advertisements. We think advertisements suck. So the money we make... Well, we only make money if you find value in and support what we create. Head on over to theminimalists.com slash support and subscribe to get your personal link so that our private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. Check them out. Hey guys, this is Angela calling from Minneapolis. Calling with just a couple of tips. Um, I've been going through and decluttering and trying to minimize my rather large 4,000 plus square foot five bedroom, four bath house uh, while I dream of moving to a smaller space. And as I'm going through my house, I'm trying to look at it as if I'm moving. So I'm going through closet by closet, drawer, room by room, and taking everything out and just trying to look at things and say, okay, am I gonna bring these with to my next property instead of thinking, well, I might need these someday for this big old house that I have right now. It's helped me get rid of a lot of things um, to look at it that way so that when I do get ready to move, I don't have to go through things, I can just pack them and know that everything that I'm bringing with me is things that I will actually use and that bring value to me. The other thing that I have found really helpful because I'm the type of person that when I look at material things, I see dollar signs. I see the money that I have spent on them, which is really hard for me. Um, I'm a huge donating person. I used to spend thousands of dollars every year, clearance hunting and 
consuming, um, you know, the thrill of the hunt, finding the good deals to buy things that I could donate to Toys for Tots or local animal rescues. And then I realized I can't afford to do that. So I have stopped doing that and donated most of the items that I had intended to donate. But when I look around at my own possessions, I see dollar signs on everything. So I have a hard time letting go of things that I feel like have value. Facebook Marketplace has been an absolute godsend for me. I have sold thousands of dollars worth of things that I don't want. And what I've found works really well for me is I will take a group of items, I will list them all on Facebook Marketplace, and then I'll pack them in a donation box. If they don't sell within one to two weeks or whenever I get around to dropping them off at Goodwill, then they get donated and I delete them off of Marketplace. But at least I feel like I've given myself a chance to sell those things and to get money for them, which is a huge hang up for me, letting go of things that I feel have value. And I feel like that has worked really well because if they don't sell within a couple weeks, chances are they're not going to sell. And then I pack them up and put them aside in the garage so that they're out of my house, they're dealt with, and then I just load up my car every couple weeks and drop off boxes and let go of those things. It's almost like once I put them into the box, I let go at that point one way or the other. So I would highly suggest that people try and sell their items to get money to pay down their debt like I am, but don't hold on to them forever. You have to set a timeline to let them go. This is a message for Anne the woman who lost her son and is having a difficult time getting rid of his things. And let me say, as the father of a 14-year-old myself, I cannot even fathom a greater loss than the loss of a child. And I imagine it would be extremely difficult to even comprehend the thought of letting go of his things out of fear that somehow you will be letting go of him. But let me ask you, Anne, if your son's spirit could return to this earth for even 10 minutes' time, what do you believe he would return to? His desk? His clothes? His things? No, my guess is he would return to you, to his mom, to his loved ones, because that is where he resides now, not in his possessions. Therefore, it would be my humble suggestion that you have someone you love and trust come and gently remove and repurpose his things. And in so doing, you will discover that you are not removing your son, for that would be impossible. You will always be his mother, and for as long as you are destined to roam this earth, he will always remain in your heart, in your memories, and in your very soul. But maybe, just maybe, in repurposing his things, you will be able to remove, even if only a fraction, some of the tremendous pain and loss associated with his death. All right, y'all. Thanks again to Rich Roll for joining us today. Check out his podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called The Rich Roll Podcast. You can also find him online. If you just Google Rich Roll, you'll find him, or you can find his website as well. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. For our added value this week, Ryan, J.S. JS Andara, he has a new album out. Now, he is the singer-songwriter from Minneapolis, mm. and he reminds me of uh, a little bit of... Bob Dylan, may he rest in peace. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> no, J.S. Ondara, he is this really talented singer-songwriter, but he wrote an entire album about 
the quarantine. Mm. And so like there's a song on there about not being able to pay rent on time. Mm. There's a song about loving someone from six feet away. Mm. And it's it's a really good album, but it's also very timely. But at the same time, if you listen to it at the first pass, by the way, the album is called Tales of Isolation. And we'll put a link to it in the show notes. At the first pass, it so- sounds very timeless because of the Dylan-esque nature of it. Actually, he sounds like Bob Dylan if Bob Dylan could sing. Because... Um, J.S. Andara can sing really, really, mm. really well. Mm. But there's just this folksy, folk and roll sort of feel to it. Anyway, it feels both timeless and very timely, which is one of my favorite things uh, from this album. Is like I think we could listen to it 10 years from now and it would still feel applicable and metaphorical. Mm. But right now it feels so literal mm. because it is. Uh, real quick for right here, right now, here is one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. I teach a writing class. It's currently closed, so you can't sign up for it. Good luck trying. <laughs> but I do have something free for you right now uh, if you're waiting to get into that writing class. Uh, or if you're not waiting to get into the writing class, you just want something free to help you improve your writing. It's a free ebook called 11 Ways to Write Better. And you can download download that right now over at howtowritebetter.org. There's just 11 tips that I've learned that have certainly helped me write better. And I think those tips will help you out as well. 11 Ways to Write Better over at howtowritebetter.org. You can follow The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Minimalists. Come to one of our live podcast shows at theminimalists.com slash tour. You can find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. Comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalist. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. You'll never receive spam or junk or advertisements from us, but you will receive our podcast show notes. Also, our simple Sunday emails whenever we send those. And if you live here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it.